Hello, and welcome to this episode of Cindy's Wild Weight Loss Journey. I am Cindy B, and I am your podcast host. And thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, last week was pretty a pretty deep episode for me. Very serious. Very. Uh, it was it was difficult opening myself up and being vulnerable like that. And um, but I will tell you, it was very therapeutic for me. There were things that were aha for me, and and I'm really grateful that I was able to share it because really our life, our past is what has brought us to where we are today. So I just want to encourage you with that and let you know that it's all good. Today, it's not gonna be real deep, heart-wrenching. Um, as I was thinking about this at the beginning of the week, the word that came to my mind and in my spirit was triggers. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what I want to talk to you about today is triggers. And I can only talk about my own life because I've lived my life. And uh, so I'm going to talk about some of my triggers and maybe you can relate to them and, and recognize them in your life. If you haven't already, maybe this podcast will help you say, aha, that's what's going on. Um, so some of the triggers in my life have been anger, depression, stress, tiredness, and just overall family things, which can fall under stress. Um, so, you know, those are pretty strong triggers. Stress always was a trigger for me to eat. It didn't matter if I was hungry or not. When I, And the things that would cause me stress, and I shared last week about confrontational issues let me tell you, if there was any anything going on in my marriage and it caused any bit of stress or irritability, anything at all, I would eat. I would just start hunting around and my body would just start craving food. And it, it just didn't matter. And sometimes it was just so subtle. And I thank God now that I can pick up on it before I do something stupid. And yeah, it still affects me, absolutely. Um, constantly I'm being tested in that area because it was such a big problem in my life and things that I didn't, I didn't recognize these. Well, I did in the past. I think the better, thing, better way to put it is I ignored the signs. I just ignored it because it comforted me. Food comforted me. And so, you know, at that moment, it's what I needed. And I, I felt good at the moment. Like I said last week about eating, you know, ice cream or a bowl of cereal. It really did feel good for the moment. And not after. Um, but today I have some articles actually that I'm going to read that explain why that happens. So, um... You know, like I said, usually I am talking about my weight loss journey, but I think triggers are what brought me to my unhealthy place. And it, it wasn't overnight. It didn't happen overnight. And the changes are not going to happen overnight. Negative and positive doesn't happen all of a sudden. It's a progression. So what led me up to 
my breaking point, all the negative, it was over a period of time. And the positive is going to continue over a period of time, though I wish it would happen all of a sudden. I wish I would just wake up in the morning and everything was awesome and I didn't deal with uh, trigger setbacks or being having attacks in those areas. It's just not how life is. It's how we deal with things. And in up until May, I didn't deal well with them. Now I am learning how to deal with the attacks when they come, the thoughts when they come. You know, even today I found myself sitting here in my kitchen looking around, scoping out food. And I don't leave food out on my counters. I don't leave food where I can see them, just like fruits, which is good. Um, And so why was I doing that? I was doing that because I had some downtime and I was sitting here and uh, I wasn't hungry. But it was a habit. It was something that I used to do. And um, so change is not happening all, all of a sudden overnight. And for me, because I don't like confrontation and whenever a situation would arise, I would always, always blame myself. Even if it had nothing to do with me. If somebody was in my house or even with my husband and something was going on with him, I always made it about me. It was me, it was my fault. Like I could change the situation. I always tried to change a situation. And I really believe that comes from my childhood. And I did share that in in last week's podcast about my parents' divorce and subsequent things that happened in my life. You know, I was traumatized through the divorce and I carried it through my life and it manifested through a spirit of fear which caused me to try to change every situation I always wanted happy I always wanted things to be smooth I didn't like the feeling inside my stomach the pit of my stomach and my chest of oh no what did I do and it, it just You know, it's a really hard place to be in, and maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't. Maybe it's something else for you. I became a people pleaser, and being a people pleaser, I felt that that was a safe place to be because if I was always doing good for somebody and pleasing that person, then they wouldn't be mad at me. There wouldn't be any strife, and let me tell you what a bomb that is. We can never, ever try to please man because if you've noticed in life, you can't please people. I remember, um, and you probably do too, the statement, you can't please all of the people all of the time. Well, Cindy tried. I really did. And it caused a lot of problems because even in one of my closest relationships, I mean, I... (laughs) Oh my gosh, I really went above and beyond serving and plea and and um, being generous and giving. I just flat out was trying to please, and it didn't work. It was nice for the receiver. It was nice for me. I I have a giving heart. I love that. It's it's how I was created in my heart, and um, so to be told that 
I can't do anything right. I can't bless right. Everything is not right. It's wrong. And and it, in my life, it brought confusion. And that's not good because, and I may have shared this in one of my podcasts that um, I am a Christian. So confusion for me is not of the Lord. All the things that happened, my relationships, the you know, putting everything on myself, it's about Cindy. It really hindered my life. It hindered my faith. And um, it got to the point where my my faith was almost non-existent. And I didn't even know that my fire had gone out until recent years. And this is by no means a Christian podcast. I want to let you know that it's, it's my podcast. It's part of my life and my story. And another of the reasons why I got to where I was at. So I pray you keep listening and know that this is just Cindy's heart and Cindy's story. Um, <clears throat> but I am moving forward and I'm very grateful. My coach and mentor and trainer, Joey Atlas, has been a major, major player in my life. And the things that I'm learning are things that I have already learned. I just really, I could get really good at stuffing things. And so the things that I was taught, all the good stuff, I just like stuffed and stuffed and stuffed. And and Joey being in my life has really brought me back to where I need to be and understanding and just being grateful. Being grateful that I woke up today. Being grateful that I can even do this podcast. Being grateful that you are listening to my podcast. I never thought you would be listening. I never in my imagination thought that you would be listening. And you are you are a loyal listener and I'm very grateful for you. So as I continue, um, everything accounts for my life and yours, your past, your present, even your future. So everything that accumulates in our life, whether it be negative or positive, brings us to where we are at this point in time. We can't change the past. I can't change the past. I can't change five minutes ago. Neither can you. I can only change my future. And the only way to change my future is to change my present. How do I change my present? Is to change my mindset. Uh, So triggers are not always recognizable. Take, for instance, food and drinks are made to cause addiction. And I, Joey had shared that with me and I started doing my own research my own research on that because I just was really intrigued with how is that possible? How is that legal? And um, I did come across some articles I'm gonna read to you. Uh, First one is an article that Joey sent to me not too long ago titled, Our Food is Killing Too Many of Us. And this article is from the New York Times And I've just highlighted a few things because I don't want to take the whole time and just read articles. It's just to give you an understanding. Um, It says Americans benefit from highly trained personnel 
remarkable facilities, and access to the newest drugs and technologies. Unless we eliminate some of these benefits, our health care will remain costly. Healthcare is very expensive. Insurance is very expensive. It says, and Americans are sick, much sicker than many realize. More than 100 million adults, almost half the entire adult population, have prediabetes or diabetes. Cardiovascular disease afflicts about 122 million people and causes roughly 840,000 deaths each year, or about 2,300 deaths each day. Three in four adults are overweight or obese. More Americans are sick, in other words, than are healthy. No one is asking what is making us so sick. And how can we reverse this so we need less health care? Well, the answer is staring us in the face. On average, three times a day, it's our food. Poor diet is the leading cause of mortality in the United States, causing more than half a million deaths per year. And that's, that's just some of the article from the New York Times. And it was um, written by, I'm not sure how to pronounce these names, so I'm, I'm going to uh, not even try, but it's, it's labeled, Our Food is Killing Too Many of Us, if you would like to look that up for yourself. And so that was the beginning of getting me to be curious about how is that? How can our food be killing us? Other than the fact I know what's not good for me and what is good for me, as do you. It was just my choice not to eat what was good for me because I found it boring. I found it tasteless and I didn't enjoy it. I did not enjoy eating well. I enjoyed eating, well, what I thought was well hamburgers, which are not bad, but when they come from a fast food restaurant, <laughs> French fries. My favorite all-time French fry is McDonald's French fries. They're like the best French fries I had ever had. I didn't eat these things on a regular basis, but when the mood struck, I went and got it. I was actually driving by a Starbucks the other day, and I remember that I used to think Hey, that sounds really good. I think I'm going to go get a Starbucks Frappuccino because it was in my mind. I acted upon it because I just figured it was my thought and it was a nice treat and it tasted so good. But I will tell you, and I always got the biggest one. Oh my God, I always got the biggest one. I felt like crap after I finished it. I was full. I was bloated. I thoroughly enjoyed it while I was drinking it. It didn't last long. So it just got me thinking even more into other things that would come into my mind. For instance, I, I believe it was that same day and we were driving and I smelled toast. Now, I don't know about you, but I love toast. And I, I still do, I think. I don't know, I haven't had it, but the smell. So when I smelled the toast, immediately... I thought, hey, I want some toast. And then a moment later, I thought, wait a minute, why do I want toast? Because I smelled it. Have you ever been uh, driving or walking and you go by a restaurant and you smell the food cooking and it just, hey, 
that sounds really good. That smells really good. I think that that's what I want to eat. How many times has that happened to you? My goodness, it happens to me every time I go to my salon. There is a pizza place right next door. And it doesn't matter if it's first thing in the morning or in the afternoon. When I walk by, I smell the pizza. And it smells so good. I enjoy the smell of it. I would love to go get some. I haven't. It's just that it's for a purpose. They're not stupid. They want people to come in and be drawn by the smell of that food. So, how many times has that happened to you? Even if it's just a thought that comes to you and you act on it, that's how I was. It could be even today, for example, sitting here in my kitchen and looking around for food. I have no idea why I was doing that except that it was an old habit. And the more I thought about it, I said, what am I doing? Habits are are hard to break. They're not easy. And well, I didn't go for any food. Thank God. It just made me more aware. And I want it to make you aware the next time you think about food or the next time you eat something or drink something. I want you to think about, well, why do I want this? Am I actually hungry? Do I need to have this right now? And what is it that you are having? Are you having something, I can't even say loaded with sugar because I used to think that that was the bad stuff. And right now I just wanna read some excerpts from an article that I found. And this is the title of it, okay? Food companies intentionally make their products addictive, and it's making us sick. They make it addictive. Okay, now please listen to this. This shocked me. Can't stop eating that bag of chips until you're licking the salt nestled in the corners of the empty package from your fingers? You're not alone. And it's not entirely your fault that the intended final handful of chips was not, indeed, your last for that snacking session. My many common snack foods have been expertly engineered to keep us addicted, almost constantly craving more of whatever falsely satisfying manufactured treat is in front of us. Now, let me just say that that is a trigger. That is a trigger that we don't know is a trigger. When I was reading through this information and other information I found online, I I started feeling molested. Molested by the food companies, by the, the, uh, the drink, the soda companies. And I just, it was disgusting how I felt. And I hope that you feel the same way because it's gonna be the only way you'll begin to change your mindset It goes on to say humans have inherited preference for energy-rich foods like fats and sugars, and thus natural selection has predisposed us to foods high in sugar and fat. And this comes from Jennifer Kaplan, instructor of the course Introduction of Food Systems at the Culinary Institute of America in California. She goes on to say, Food scientists know this and create ingredients that are far higher in fat and sugar 
than occur in nature. The most common such sugar is high fructose corn syrup and there and is therefore intrinsically addictive. In fact, foods that didn't used to be sweet like pasta sauce are now artificially sweetened to keep consumers craving the product with sugar levels that can rival those found in packaged desserts. What? What? Pasta sauce? They're making that so we keep buying it? I tell you, we don't use packaged sauces anymore, bottled sauces. Um, we make our own. But I tell you something, if they're making pasta sauce to be addictive, where does it stop? Where does it end? High fructose corn syrup, or HFCS, is found in everything from ketchup and salad dressing to cereal and breads, foods that aren't necessarily perceived as sweet and sometimes even in healthier alternatives like light beer. As an ingredient, HFCS, high fructose corn syrup, was shown in a 2013 study to be as addictive as drugs like cocaine or heroin, with salt proven to have similarly addictive opioid-like qualities. What? Wait a minute. Cocaine, heroin, opioids, those are illegal. And yet these companies are using high fructose corn syrup, which is as highly addictive as those drugs. They're using them legally to addict us? Legally. Australian neuroscientist Craig Smith has studied the effect of salt cravings in humans for years, concluding that eating excessive amounts of sodium makes people crave salt more. And those who eat less junk food can benefit from lower salt cravings and therefore fewer of the negative effects associated with too much salt consumption. Now, I never had, I thought, an issue with salt. I didn't care for salt. I never salted my foods. Um, potato chips, I could take them or leave them. However, if I started eating them, I ate a lot of them. Same thing would be with Fritos or, um, you know, things that did have a lot of salt. I just told myself, but I don't have a problem with salt. I don't like salt. I don't cook with salt. Food was kind of bland, okay. <laughs> I used other seasonings, but I never thought I had an issue with salt until I started reading this. It goes on to say, even if a food isn't overly salted, Salt may sneak into packaged food more rampantly than expected. In most cases, salt is used as a preservative to give food extended shelf life and keep food safe, explains Nia Renix, a clinical nutritionist who specializes in weight loss and blood sugar regulation. Salt can also be used to enhance a food's color such as making the crust of bread a more appealing golden brown as well as a flavor enhancer in foods you may not associate with saltness, like ketchup or breads. I never did. I knew there was sugar in bread. Um, when I went on the no-carb diet, so I didn't eat breads, when I did go back to eating bread, it was difficult because it was very, very sweet. So I never considered 
salt to be an issue in bread. You may not be tasting salt in your mall pretzel or packaged condiments, but salt as an ingredient is keeping you hooked. Salt is extremely addictive, just as much as sugar. The more you consume salt, the more you crave it, and manufacturers realize this. They continue to add salt to foods because they want you to continue to purchase their products. It doesn't matter if the salt is white, pink, sea salt, or crystallized. It all has the same effect on one's body. Packaging may lead you to think that certain salts are healthier, but truly they're all singular thing that is bad in excess. Salt can be very bad in excess, especially the salt that we find at our local grocery store. That, that is not good for us. It really isn't. Um, there is a salt that is good for us called Colima salt. And I had bought some myself. And being a non-salt person, I really like it. And it is good for our body. Beyond overeating is, in general, eating too much salt is proven to have negative effects on human health. Eating too much salt is not good for your health because the extra water that you hold onto raises your blood pressure. The more salt you eat, the higher your blood pressure. All of this can put a strain on your heart, kidneys, brain, and arteries, which could lead to a stroke, heart attack, or kidney disease. And yet Americans remain casually addicted to the stuff. Making items highly palatable is just the beginning. So making them taste super good, like all the foods that I would eat. Oh yeah, oh my gosh. Ice cream, bread, cereal, (laughs) all that stuff. For me, pizza, it tasted really good. Chocolate syrup, oh my goodness. It tasted really good. And this um, pumping food full of sugar to the person with the sweet tooth is what junk food companies strive for. Having that sugar could release dopamine, the feel-good hormone in the brain, which associates that food with pleasure, causing the body to crave more. That feel-good sensation will keep you hooked on certain foods, which will bring instant comfort when consumed. Wanting to repeat that pleasure is natural, and this can lead to overconsumption of food, says Jessica Swift, who holds an MSc in Nutrition Sciences. Self-soothing with food is a common, easy, and often cheap tactic for a quick fix. But seeking that comfort can even be less obvious, especially when you're not necessarily feeling down. For example, smelling a dish outside a restaurant or at a supermarket can evoke pleasant memories that awaken cravings. Absolutely smelling a warm apple pie could remind you of grandma's Sunday dinners. Gingerbread could remind you of holidays with the family. Scent can play a part in the emotional attachment to food. Now, I already said the scent. I smelled toast, I wanted toast. I smelled the pizza, I wanted pizza. Scent is highly attractive and it does bring us back. And and like they just said, it could be a memory. Something that, that reminds you of home or your past or a person or a place or uh, something something good. Because for me, 
I ate my emotions. I ate, and it was either positive or negative. It didn't matter. I definitely have eaten things that reminded me of a good time in my life, a good place in my life. It's pretty disgusting, isn't it, when we understand why that happens. Associating food with pleasure keeps humans addicted even further to the foods engineered with excessive sugar, salt, and fat to keep you craving more. Think of sniffing Cinnabon at the mall, a scent that has been proven to entice customers toward consuming previously unwanted calories and sugars. And it is so true. The few times that I've gone to the mall and I smell the pretzels, I want a pretzel. Oh my goodness, I love pretzels. And when I would smell it, even though I didn't think about it before I smelled it, it would draw me to want a pretzel. And it's... It, it amazes me. While food addiction is often used, the Yale Food Addiction Scale has been developed as a measure to determine people's level of substance dependence. Still, even if not clinically diagnosed, humans can be unhealthily hooked on junk food. So how do we stop it? Choose moderation for foods that you think could be highly addictive for you. Make sure you're consuming a well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of fluids. When grocery shopping for items to stock your pantry with, read nutrition labels and avoid foods with high sodium and sugar content. Do not keep these foods within arm's reach. Typically, when you have to put in an effort to get an item, you're less likely to consume it. At least in this case, laziness can help your health. And this article was written by Melissa Kravitz, based in New York, and is writing a writing fellow at Earth, Food, and Life. And that's where I got that article. And so after reading that, I'm, I'm hoping that you feel the same way that I did when I read it. In um, grocery shopping, that's something that when I first started changing my mindset, how I thought about things, I struggled. I struggled. I struggled, that's all I can say, it was difficult and I would get very upset and frustrated. Reading labels is not something that I ever did, never wanted to do, never wanted to weigh food. These are things that I used to do. I didn't wanna do that. When I'm hungry, I wanna eat. You know, When I go to the store, I wanna just get food and go home. So in the beginning of this journey, and, and I have learned to look at labels, and things that I thought were healthy because of how the labels are packaged, how they're written, I thought they were good until I turned it over and I would look at the ingredients. If the ingredient list was very long, I said, nope, not good for me. I didn't even read it. I didn't care because according to what was in the package, there shouldn't be a laundry list of ingredients. So I just would put it down and I, yep, I would be sad because I felt like there's just so much that claims healthy that's not. And it made me sad. It made me sad because it's very deceiving. We are deceived as people, as humans. The companies out there, they do know what they're doing and they know how to label things to make them attractive and to seem healthy for us. Even today, we went grocery shopping and I'm very careful what I purchase. And my husband had picked up a bag of um, what appeared to be a nice 
granola oat type of mix. And I just simply said to him, look at the label. And I, I wear glasses when I read and I don't bring them to the grocery store. I, I guess I don't need to because if the list is long, I'm, I just don't even bother. And so when he looked at it and he started reading, I said, nope, nope, don't want it. And I'm really grateful he didn't get frustrated because he used to as well. I am just learning how to choose my food carefully. And if you've ever noticed, and, and if you haven't, the next time you go to your grocery store, it the perimeter, which is all around the outside walls, is all the food that is good for us. Your fruits, your vegetables, if you eat meat. But the inside aisles are the junk food aisles. Even if they claim to be healthy, it's junk food. So when you can think about that and keep that in mind when you're going into the inner aisles, and there are some, you know, canned vegetables, I get it. Just make sure they're not loaded with sodium, extra salt, packed in water is best. Actually, frozen is best if you can get frozen vegetables, if you can't get fresh. I have learned that. I was never a big canned food eater, so that didn't bother me. I prefer fresh. Now winter's coming and the fresh fruits and vegetables are probably going to come from somewhere else and they, they won't be real fresh, so... Um, I will go for frozen. I have learned that healthy cereal isn't, it just isn't. Look at the ingredients. When I was doing some research on this topic of triggers and food addiction, there is a very long list of different names for sugar. And maybe you'd like to look that up um, I was really shocked at the different names they have for sugar. And these are things that they label on their packaging that we think is healthy or it's good for us or it's not sugar at all. But it is. And it's a very long list. And it's not a list I could really name all of them to you here. I would encourage you, I do encourage you to look that up Go online if you have that ability and look up names for sugar or um, addictive foods and you will start coming across so much information. It's pretty mind boggling. And like I said, when I was going through all of this information, I really felt molested and taken advantage of from the food industry because all the triggers that I had, I definitely had triggers. However, the hook was from them. I mean, yeah, I, I had sight addiction. I could look at food and I that's why I don't keep anything out where I can see it. My husband has a sweet tooth. So whenever he buys things for himself, I put them away so I can't see them. And that has helped me a great deal. So sight addiction, um, sense when I would smell something, a thought that would come to my mind. However, a lot of that is because the foods that I was craving, I was already addicted to. I was addicted to the sugar in whatever form it was. I was addicted to the salt in whatever form it was. So it just comes down to um, 
the first trigger starts, whether it be emotional, physical, but once we start eating that stuff, that's when the hook gets, it gets us. Like we're the fish on the hook. We, we take the bait and now we're in bondage to it. I don't want you to be in bondage to the food and drink industry, whether it be soft drinks or alcohol, it doesn't matter. We can be in bondage to those things because they make it that way. Remember, sugar, high fructose corn syrup is as addictive as cocaine and heroin and opioids. There is an opioid epidemic a heroin epidemic. These things are happening in cities and towns across the United States. And I am sure in all other countries. So if that is as addictive as those drugs, which are illegal, why do we continue to put it into our body? I'm encouraging you today to really look at the things you're eating, look at at the ingredient list. And you know, you, I didn't stop all at once. I had to, I had to kind of do it at a pace where I could understand. And I'm just giving you this information and I really hope that you think about it and you look at your health And even if you're not overweight, it doesn't matter. Well, it matters. (laughs) You know, our, our weight matters. What I'm saying is, is the insides. Those are the things that need the help. The outside is the manifestation of what's going on on the inside. So even if you're not overweight, it doesn't mean that your insides are not crying for help. And if you are overweight... That's the manifestation and that's what's happening on the inside of your body. Just like that was what happened to me. On the inside, it showed on the outside and it did not happen overnight. And I have been working very, very hard to become fit and healthy. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I have been dealing with a fatigue that is ridiculous and it brings me to my knees. I'm exhausted by the middle of the afternoon. I just want to sleep and it's been happening. And I get up very early. I get up early to walk and to do my workouts before a certain time because then I have other commitments that begin. And so by the middle of the afternoon, I'm, I'm so beat down and wiped out. And because it's been happening every single day, I've, I've lost motivation. I have lost motivation. And yesterday was a very, very long day and we needed to be out early. And I knew we'd be home later, early evening, late afternoon, early evening. And I had already planned on walking when I got home. I will tell you on the drive home, I fell asleep. It was about an hour drive from where we were. And I was exhausted. And I got home, I had no energy. I couldn't motivate myself to do anything. And that's how I felt today. I woke up early, 
even though today is Sunday. I woke up at 4, and I didn't get up until about 4.30 to go on my walk, but I'm going to tell you I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go out. I was so tired. My, my body, just physically, no energy. I knew if I didn't, though, two days in a row, it wouldn't be good for me. It would be a pattern that was beginning again. It's too easy not to do something that's uncomfortable. And my, my mentality, you know, the excuses would have come in. I could very, very easily use an excuse today. I didn't. I get up. I left my house at about 4.40. I did between a two and three mile walk. And I came home and did a workout. And it was very early. And I'm really grateful I did that. You see, excuses are also a trigger that has a domino effect. And it just, it's like never ending. And I encourage you to take a look at your excuses. For me, I felt justified in my excuses for whatever it was, whether it was the bowl or three of cereal I had last night. I mean, this is in the past. I didn't eat cereal last night. Whether it was the pint of ice cream that I just couldn't stop eating until it was gone. I had excuses for that. I had I had justification. I could justify everything that I did and everything I did not do. I did not exercise because I did not have time. My knee hurt, my body hurt, and those are real things. I had a very hard time because of my knee. I couldn't I couldn't bend down. I couldn't squat down. And um It was really difficult. My grandson, who's now about to be 11, he, he used to have to help me up if I got down on the floor. And the other night, him and I were together in the living room and I had lied down on the floor and I got up. And he said, he calls me Lolly. He said, Lolly, you got up. You got up normal. I didn't help you. I used to have to help you get up. And it was at that moment that I realized that the pain in my body was not there. That my knee was not keeping me from getting up. I got right up like normal. And let me tell you, I forgot what that was like. I haven't been able to do that in years. And yeah, these are, these are tears of joy because my body is, is finally going to the direction it's supposed to be, which is healthy and fit on the inside. My joints and my bones, they don't hurt. They don't ache. And I am so grateful. That moment... That moment the other night, to hear my grandson say, I just got up, and he didn't have to help me. It was a real aha moment for me. Because I have not noticed the changes in, in every area. The physical I can see, that's, that's an obvious one. 
when it comes to the inside and I just because things happen like I said it doesn't happen overnight and all of a sudden I notice because my grandson brought it to my attention otherwise I probably wouldn't have even paid attention because it's been so gradual and I I want to let you know that if that's you in any way, if you have a hard time getting off a chair or the couch, it, you can't even consider sitting on the floor for any reason, that it can change. Once you start going in the right direction with your health, it has to change. Because when you start changing the inside, and it, it starts changing by what you're putting in, and what you're not putting in, and I, w I wasn't a big soda drinker in the past, like years and years ago. Um, I loved diet soda because I thought it was okay to drink. <laughs> I thought diet soda was better than regular soda. Well, come to find out it wasn't. So I started going back to regular soda. Every time we went out to eat, I had a soda. And there was a time we went out every single night for a very long period of time, my husband and I. And so I had a soda every night. And I didn't realize how much I was consuming. And like I said, this was many years ago. I actually stopped drinking it. I would drink a soda on occasion. Just like, I like the carbonation. I, I really like that. I hated seltzer water or sparkling water. That was ooh, so disgusting. Now, however, to get the carbonation, I do drink seltzer water during the day. I drink bottled water. I don't drink soda. And the one time in the past it was probably like around the first month so that was probably in may sometime maybe the beginning of june okay don't hold me to that but in the very beginning of this journey and i had a soda i had a sip i wanted to know how it tasted and let me tell you it was so disgusting it was so ugh, syrupy and and sweet and nasty i had no satisfaction in that sip of soda and I'm really grateful for that too. And I do do that. I do do that. I want to see things that I used to enjoy. I'll give you. I'll give you another. For instance, the other night, and I know it's because I've just been so tired. And I, I just, I got tired of salad. I really like salad, and I, I really, doctor up my salads. I'll have a base salad, and, and every week it, it's a little bit different, and I'll add things to it when I eat it. But this particular night, I just I just didn't want it. And that's how I felt. I didn't want salad. <laughs> so I made baked macaroni and cheese, and that used to be a family favorite, a friend favorite whenever we would have company or go somewhere. Everybody requested my mac and cheese. And I haven't had it in a really long time. So I decided to make it. And I made it in individual servings. And I didn't have much. I didn't make myself a whole lot. I knew I wouldn't eat a lot of it, but I just wanted it. You know, do you ever just, I, I don't know if I was just feeling rebellious, tired. I don't know what it was. But I did eat some and I had a salad first. And I felt so crappy. And it wasn't worth it for me. It, it didn't satisfy me at all. And even the effect of eating the macaroni, it played in the next day. 
I was bloated still, even though I didn't have much. My body didn't, it was not happy with me because it's accustomed to me putting in the good stuff that it's rejecting the bad stuff quickly, really quickly. And I'm really happy for that. And, you know, so that, it wasn't worth it in flavor, in eating it. However, it was a good reminder for me of what eating that kind of stuff does to my body and to my mind. And I, let me tell you, eating it, it, it started to bring in depression. It, mentally, it was really affecting me. And it affected me in a really negative manner. And it, it made me realize that when we do things like that, when we go against what we really should be doing for our body. And I was in depression for so long and in a negative state for so long that I didn't realize that it affected me in that manner. But the food that I would, that we put in our body that is not good for us, it really does affect our mental state. And it, and now reading the, about how addictive food is and that the companies are doing this on purpose ticks me off it really does and it should tick you off too you should you should be feeling pretty angry right now that we have been so deceived from these companies that we thought were looking out for us and it's sure it's easy to pick the donuts or the chocolate candy um cakes and those kind of things. I think we all know those aren't good for us, but when it comes to your breads, when it comes to your pastas, when it comes to pasta sauce, when it comes to things that are are supposed to be okay for us and we're finding out that they're making it so we're addicted to their product, oh, you should be fired up like I am. I am fired up right now. And <clears throat> We need to really stand together, you and I, and not buy this stuff anymore. We need to stop eating it and encouraging the food industry. They need to knock it off. And these, I believe, and I, I didn't read this yet, I believe that even the things that they are putting out that they're calling healthy, they're doing the same thing because they know that people are on a fitness, a fitness train right now. People want to be fit and they want to be healthy. So they're just changing the name of sugar, making it juice. They're calling it a juice. They're calling it a flavoring. Okay, flavoring means it's not natural. So they're taking what they put there in the other stuff and they're putting it in the quote healthy stuff and it's still keeping us in that place. Stand with me and fight back. Fight back by taking care of yourself. Fight back by, by doing research yourself and buying the foods that are good for your body. And not only are, is your mind going to feel better and clearer, but your body is going to thank you. Your body is going to be so happy with you. You're going to feel great. You're going you're gonna to have more energy and I know I said I don't and I think it's because um, I'm lacking some things 
that we're working on right now. And, uh, but it wasn't always like this through this whole journey. It ha I haven't been this exhausted. So it's just something that, that I'm missing in my diet, which um, we're working on. And I will share what that is and how it's changed in future podcasts, okay? So you won't wonder. However, be encouraged that I sleep great. I didn't used to sleep great. I sleep great. And... Everything is different. I think differently. I see differently. I don't mean vision-wise. I see things differently. And I don't know. I guess that's that's just it, is um, how not to be taken advantage of by the food industry. It's time to stop. It's time that they just cut it out and... So stand up and fight. Stand up and take care of yourself. Stand up and know that you are not by yourself. I am here. And you can go to thejoeyatlas.com. They are there. You can go to fitnesstraining.live. L-I-V-E. Fitnesstraining.live. You can go there and be encouraged. You can email these people. Be in touch with them. Be encouraged by them. And I just want to encourage you right now. Share this podcast with one other person. Somebody that you know that we all need to be educated. Okay? We need to be educated on what's really in our food. What's really in the juice and the soda and the things that we're drinking. What is really in there? What is it called? What are the other names for sugars? How are they disguising sugar? How are they disguising the names and making us believe that it's good for us? So anybody that you know, share this podcast with. Share it with them. Subscribe to this podcast. I usually do them once a week, so you can expect by Monday or Tuesday, there will always be a new podcast. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and fight for your health because nobody else will do that for you. I had to stand up for myself. I made a decision to be healthy. And remember, I just told you, I got up off the floor the other night and I did not have pain and I did not need assistance. And that is a, that is a win. That is a win. And I want you to win. I want you to have the same success physically and mentally that I'm experiencing. I want it for you. So be encouraged today. Thank you so much for listening. It's because you're listening that I'm recording, that I'm doing these podcasts for you. Thank you so much again. Thank you, thank you, thank you from my heart because you're showing me that what I have to say it matters and it means something to you. Please come back. Please continue to listen and please share this podcast with one other person that you know. Until next time. <laughs>